Hello and welcome to the QNIS podcast. I'm Claire Cable, Chief Executive and Nurse Director of QNIS. QNIS has been supporting community nursing and midwifery since our inception in 1889. While our work may have changed since then, we continue to support and champion community nursing and midwifery at the heart of enabling health and recovery in every community in Scotland. As caring professionals, we sometimes neglect our own self-care. And when unchecked over time, this can lead to burnout. These pressures are exacerbated by the current stress of unprecedented demand on our health and care services. And we're seeing the impact on individuals, families and colleagues. We can't change the system alone, but it means that taking time to check in with ourselves is even more important. This series of podcasts seeks to inform and inspire by bringing a fresh perspective. It's an opportunity to pause and take a few moments to reflect. Today, we're talking about the fundamentals of health and wellness and maintaining our own energy. And I am absolutely delighted to welcome Sue Cooper from Self Care World, who has huge experience in this field. So, Sue, welcome. And I wonder if you'd just tell us a bit about yourself and how you came to recognise the importance of taking well-being seriously. Thank you, Claire. It's a delight to be here. I've been a registered nurse for 40-odd years, now retired, and I also qualified as a, what we call district nurse in the day, community nurse now. I had a, a burnout in about 2004, five, six, somewhere around that time. It took about two or three years for me to finally recognise something was seriously wrong. And um, I decided that I needed to stop what I was doing for time and find healing. And I wasn't able to find that through the health service. As as much as it offered me antidepressants, I recognised that if I was to find my own healing, I needed to look deep within as to what it was that was um, sending me out of out of whack <laughs> well and truly so I started a journey and I traveled the world with rucksacks and my husband looking at indigenous healing cultures what what we'd lost within our our health system um, so I decided that it was time that whilst I was finding my own healing to really embed that within um, the nursing profession and also speak to anybody who's who's interested in, in what I found for myself, only to inform and inspire and find if people connect with this, uh, what what we what we can do individually and collectively. Wow. Wow. I just love the idea of traveling the world and learning uh, some of that ancient wisdom about healing that that maybe we've lost. Um, wow. That just feels like the most extraordinary journey. And I know, Sue, from uh, talking to you before, that you've managed to distill some of that learning. And I wonder if you'd be willing to, to share with us the model that, uh, that has come from the wisdom that you 
that you picked up on your travels and in your experience of your own healing? There's so much information out there that there's there's either not enough that you're looking for or too much, and it's this is what I found. So, so I decided that how could I simply pass on the four pillars of health, as I call it. And as I was devising this for myself, I um, I recognised that um, I needed to le- learn a little bit more about indigenous healing. So I trained as an Ayurvedic lifestyle educator. Ayurveda means wisdom of life, and um, it's based on natural forces. And then I trained as a meditation and mindfulness teacher because I recognised that finding a way to um, stillness and to natural breath work was fundamental to to healing so so the four pillars are all all entwined in this and and looking at the word mindfulness and goodness and consciousness and the words that we always add ness on the end i looked at those four letters and use it as an acronym so the first pillar of healing is um is to look at our own nutrition these are these are lifestyle behaviors we call them and finding a, a nutritional way that um, enhances well-being and how i found that i was eating things that i adore but they weren't necessarily agreeing with me because after i'd eaten them i either felt grumpy <laughs> ill or fell asleep you know, I know that I can't eat bread unless I want to go to sleep. So it was starting to look at what was I eating and what could I recommend to people to eat that will bring this focus of energy so that after we've eaten, we feel enlivened rather than the opposite. So eating um, colourful food, you know, the rainbow colours, eating locally sourced food where possible, checking the labels. But Food that you enjoy eating, we're now finding that we're having to add supplements to our diet because the soil is not as rich as it used to be. And that's okay to to, to use supplements and to drink water and to drink water that is clean, maybe filtered water. So nutrition is really the N at the heart of Ness. Again, with a focus on energy, E is for energy, and it's the um, the exercise that we do to keep keep moving, keep this incredible body moving so that we feel energised. And, and there's no prescription for this other than to do something that you love to do. And we find the research, and Claire, you alluded to this at the beginning, the research is showing again and again that if we can do this exercise outdoors in the Blue Sky Hospital, that a lot of the researchers are calling it, within green space, that has that added extra now there's nothing wrong with going to the gym um but it's it's seeing what what again energizes you so so the ancient healing traditions of yoga and qigong and capacitar that that the queen's nurses use doing that uh, tai chi outside really does have a, a, a huge benefit so so it's keeping it's keeping us moving and as we age, we, we do need the strength training. And again, these ancient healing traditions use strength and they use the breath in which to, to move. So they're, they're, they are beautiful. Um, the next S in mess is um, sound sleep. We know so much about what not to do before we go to sleep. But 
it's it's the simplicity of of working within what we call the circadian rhythms is is going to bed when it's getting dark but noticing when you feel tired and preparing ourselves for bed for, for that sleep and having that beautiful sound sleep where we switch off everything and what I've been shown to do which works really well is to to have a journal by the bed so that when we wake up in the morning firstly we give gratitude for waking up so that puts us in this positive mindset and maybe capturing some of the the dreams that that we've had we they, we call it uh, recapitulation and and it's amazing what what you can find from from the dreamland um you know let that go and and start the day feeling that sense of of gratefulness for being away that sense of letting go of the night's sleep and moving into the day into um into a new day so sound sleep and the 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 last s in ness is um, stress stress reduction and this is such a biggie for us now and um, i remember in in the 90s in the 90s i trained um within teaching and um, somebody did a project on um, stress reduction in teaching and i was quite staggered so what does that mean because stress hadn't been associated with the human form it had been associated with engineering you know the stress and tension of of machinery and it's like, Wow, we're putting this into into the human dialogue, and had no idea that within a few years how that would actually alter um, the way we see life and the way we deal with life. So stress reduction, we do know again through the lens of science that excess stress over time causes inflammation in the body, and continued inflammation within the body causes disease because our body isn't designed for the amount of cortisol and adrenaline that it's constantly having to pump we do need it but not at the high levels that we're having we're being incredibly reactive rather than the responsive so i just want to give you a little tip that, that i learned when i was training with um, dr deepak chopra in ayurvedic lifestyle which was uh, another an acronym for stress reduction which is soda s-o-d-a um, when you feel that impulse where that reactive force is coming at you maybe somebody says something or a thought comes in. S is for stop. Simply stop. And O is for observe how you're feeling. This is really connecting with our own feelings again. Not thinking, we're feeling. We're feeling what this feels like to be in this reactive state. The D is for detach. Take a breath. Take a moment to simply be with this feeling it might be a millisecond it might be a few moments and then from that place have the decision of a how to act how do i want to be in this moment and you can choose you become a conscious choice maker and that is incredibly empowering and it saved my bacon a few times <laughs> when i've been in situations because you can't take back something that's been said so to 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 take a few breaths or to step back and then choose. So Ness and Soda together really is a, a hugely empowering model to feel well and um, feel in um, in that point of flow. Sue, thank you so much. That's just such a lovely kind of, I think, overview uh, and introduction to kind of health and well-being. And if we can kind of consider those four, it feels as if we've got a long way to thinking about our own flourishing. And I love the fact that Ness 
is at the end of each of the words that you mentioned. I hadn't realised that that's where the uh, the acronym had come from. So maybe kind of going back to nutrition, it's so easy, isn't it? I think particularly when we're busy at work, that we reach for the reach for the snacks, uh, which <laughs> which give us quick boost of energy and uh, when we get home after you know yet more hours of unpaid overtime that actually again our energy levels are depleted and, and we reach for you know maybe highly processed foods which we know are the things that that aren't good for us but when we're tired and busy those are the things we we reach for what are, what are your tips for busy healthcare professionals? What's at the heart of being really thoughtful about nutrition and eating well? I think a lot of this comes down to the planning. Yeah. And to, and to really, really deeply feel you're worth <laughs> taking care of. We've been there, haven't we? You know, and even now I, you know, go and snack and you know eat processed food and it but it's going back to the remembering if i've got a fridge or cupboard full of things that are quick and nutritious um that has some color to throw an omelet together or to have some some fish in or your freezer freezer food um one really good tip that i've been given and, and i do it myself is eat an apple with the skin on because underneath the skin lies these incredible uh, phytochemicals, which wakens you up. So having some nuts in the car, okay, nuts are high high fat, but you know there, there is good fat as well to snack on and and fruit. Um, it's the things that we know. But I think the point that I'd love to get over is not to beat ourselves up when we move to the processed food. We know that the food that is brown and beige is processed food. And it's becoming that conscious choice maker is I need this now, but maybe tomorrow I'll go, okay, well, on my way, I'll pick up some stuff that I can make a quick meal with that is colorful and add natural herbs. And as you're preparing this, maybe saying to yourself, I'm really worth this (laughs) because I'm going to, this is really helping me feel well. And and remembering the connection between wellness and food and I'm worth it is, um, is a lovely little triangle. It is, yeah, absolutely. And I think what you say, planning is so important, isn't it? And I know for myself, that's when I fall over is, um, you know, sometimes winter Sunday afternoons, I quite like spending them in the kitchen and to kind of batch cook for the week. So I know I've got a whole bunch of kind of healthy dinners for the week. When I do that, I know I feel better. And it's not always possible, but when it is, to you know to make up a big batch of of something wholesome and know that it's there for midweek suppers is a is a real help and certainly i've been trying to substitute chocolate bars for a handful of nuts because i know they are again so much more wholesome and uh listening to podcasts on nutrition you know sort of uh hacks you know, reach for a piece of fruit rather than a chocolate bar. And it just kind of sounds like a very poor substitute as a, as a kind of life hack. But actually, I've been doing that recently and it, it it's kind of been enough. I was talking to another colleague who'd been reading a book by uh, a man called Michael Pollan, who had been all around the world uh, looking at food cultures 
and just identifying how much of, of the highly processed food that we have kind of isn't really food. You know, it's just so highly processed. And I love the fact he summarized all his research in seven words, which I thought was rather beautiful. His summary was eat food, like not junk, eat food, not too much, and mostly plants. I just thought that was a really lovely summary um, and uh, very wise. Somebody said to me about processed food, which really resonated, was the body doesn't recognise it, so therefore it stores it because it doesn't know what to do with it. It doesn't know whether to expel it or to, so it holds on to it. It's like, ah, oh, so when I see my brown and beige food, I think, well, the body won't quite know what to do with this. My point keeps going back to self, self-love. Um, we really are worth it. We're, we're giving so much time and energy to others. The very nature of the calling of nursing and caring. Yeah, care, care for ourselves. And I know it's become a buzzword, but really if we say we, we love ourselves so much that we can care for others, let's uh, let's have, have in our car a little fruit display and a little, you know, sultanas, you know, those really juicy ones or some dates or some dried apricots or something. It's uh, it, 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 it hits the spot. And plenty of water, as you say, which again, I'm... Uh... <laughs> I'm not great at, but uh, I'm getting better. Sue, let's move on to E and exercise. I know, again, it's something that's challenging. More and more of our work lives are spent on screen. And sometimes I find that I'm not standing up. Um, I'm stuck in my desk chair for hours and hours. Or we wind up just going from from office space to car and our periods of, of movement are, are limited from you know car to door and it's kind of hard to build in exercise to the to the way we work I wonder if you've got any any thoughts any tips on how we actually build exercise time into a busy working life well, I suppose there's all types of exercise isn't there there's the biggest exercise which we tend to think of exercise. There's also simply breathing consciously um, because we use so much energy on the, the mind that is um, focusing on what next, what next, or what's just happened. Um, and I, I'd love to really get the, the, the message across that by consciously breathing and consciously breathing deeply so that the belly moves and breathing deeply in and slowly out, fully, fully exhaling, really boosts the system dramatically. We can do that in our car. We can do that as we're driving. Um, when we when we get to our next destination is, is, I would suggest, moving slowly, but moving mindfully. Because if we're not wanting, if we're, if we're not in a position where we can use exercise to build energy, we can certainly maintain our reserves. And by concentrating on, on um, one step in front of the other, this is why I love mindfulness so much, bringing our full attention to our breath and as we're walking really starts to energise us. And, you know, with capacitar and the movements, we're not doing very much, it would seem, in terms of movement, but we are so energising ourselves. 
So, so I think the slow, deliberate, mindful movements of the breath and the movement as we move from A to B and having the occasional stretch again in the car for moving from client to client when we've stopped so that we can fully expand our, our chest so that we get a, a beautiful deep breath in really powers the system up fabulously. And then when we finish work or actually between clients, in between patients that we go and see, we, we, we come in fully present, don't we, rather than the the rushing in. So so back to the focus on energy being, it's great when we have time to build it. And we can do that in our out-of-hours work, um, hopefully at home, outside. If we, if we can simply breathe and simply be in the movement of what we're doing. Yeah, no, that's really wise and really helpful. And I think as exactly as you say, that focus on energy, um, that is about, uh, you know, often just mindful movement and really attending to the breath uh, enables us to be truly present um, in every conversation uh, that we have in the course of, of working. And then, you know, outside of working hours, we can maybe attend to that. Uh, as you were saying earlier, the, uh, the, the, the bigger boost of energy in getting out being in green and blue spaces. I know uh, there's a lot of uh, folk out there who love to swim in cold water and, uh, you know, just the, the joy of, of being outside and being in, in nature, uh, whether that's your, uh, your small back garden or walking along the pavements, noticing the hedgerows, just the, the power of that. And I suppose I just maybe wanted to mention um, for those of us who are perimenopausal and that kind of at stage of life or, or, or menopausal, um, one of the things that um, I've been thoughtful about is, is strength and resistance um, and just the importance of, of thinking about, uh, you know, how am I moving and stretching and maybe uh, Pilates, yoga, any form of kind of resistance exercise, just thinking about our our strength as we uh, move into that next chapter of life. And I don't know whether you've got anything that you, know, you want to share on on that. Posture for me is primary. Yes. Um, <laughs> she says as we sit up, put our shoulders back. <laughs> um, and, and as you say, Claire, about the, you know, the yoga and the Pilates, you're using your own body um, for the resistance. I mean, it's great, you know, if we have weights, but we're talking real world here. And if we don't have weights, but we do have the, the weight of our body to use that so beautifully by doing a few um, downward facing dogs and planks. Um, I think um, being mindful of posture and, and doing these exercises slowly. That's what I love so much about those because they are really um, posture perfect. And then you start to notice your, your balance because that's the, the next sub thing isn't it as we age making sure that we are in a balanced position most of the time um simple and easy there is all the complex and the high powers which is there for us but but for the day-to-day -day, it's you know we can move away from our computer you know a few minutes we can literally just go on the floor and do a few oh i will i will set my target today and do 10 planks well it takes me two minutes and if i've got the opportunity to go outside and do it 
in a private space, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) You know, all the better. But it comes to that motivation of mindset, doesn't it? Yes. And I think exactly as you were saying earlier, not beating ourselves up about not doing things, but rather committing the time because we know it's about our health and valuing valuing that space and valuing our own well-being, speaking with kindness to ourselves and doing the things we know are good for our bodies as well as good for our minds. It's about changing the narrative, the narrative of of self-compassion and self-care rather than a narrative of I should, I must, I ought, um, which is just kind of self-defeating and uh, just leaves us feeling guilty and miserable often. Yes, yeah, yes, it's coming from that positive, I'm worth it. I keep saying it. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, being a work in progress myself, you know, I certainly don't have all the answers, but it is great to have these conversations because then it reminds us, ah, oh, yes, you know, again, we, we must do it too. Um, I do remember when I was district nursing and getting to, um, you know, the next person's house, and sitting in the car, it's like, oh, gosh. Because, you know, the stress of the last patient getting there and, and, and sitting and, um, and having a couple of breaths, conscious breaths, and using that, that area, you know, to, to have that big stretch and then to press my feet into the floor and then align my body in the, in the chair, in the seat of the car, actually was enough. Um, so in between, say you've got 10, 12 patients a day, if you do that 10 or 12 times, or maybe if you, wow, that's more than you've done before. And then you go, yeah, you know, pat yourself on the back. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> a couple of minutes. Great. Thank you. That's really helpful. <laughs> um, so where are we up to? First S, sleep. Sound sleep. Sound sleep. Yeah, we can have sleep, but it's not necessarily nourishing sleep. And going to bed with the worries of the day on on our minds is um, we we then kind of do our mental filing during sleep time and we, we don't have any release from it. So this is where a period of one to two hours before bedtime, if at all possible, of of taking some time out and again, if we're going back to the mindfulness part of it, is is just sitting quietly for a few minutes doesn't have to be much too long but with the consciousness of it's time to unwind from the day and again we're we're taught within um, the ayurvedic lifestyle to recapitulate what happened during the day like you're doing a, a, a video fast forward and as you go back there you're able to let it go and also to write maybe write a list again to be able to let it go and then the you know the ritual of going to sleep um, and we all have our own ritual. But knowing that when we go to sleep, when we turn the lights off, if we need earplugs, wear earplugs. If we need a face mask, eye mask, wear an eye mask. Anything that will help us find that place of um, darkness and stillness to allow us to just let go of everything that happened during the day. Be mindful of what we drink before bedtime. You know, we know that caffeine has a, la- a life of, you know, about 18 hours, we know that alcohol um, can be a depressant, but also these things can help us. Um, but it's just being mindful of what it is that is, is preventing you as an individual from having that sound night's sleep. So so last night, I was very fortunate that I have a friend that I meditated with. I went down to her house. I slept like a log 
the deepest we've ever had in a year, I would say. So, ah, oh, now that really nourished me. I'm, I'm, I'm going to see her next week thinking, okay, well, that was wonderful. That was something that will help me. Find something that really helps you. And I think there are an increasing number of uh, apps that have great kind of end of the day meditations or kind of sleeping soundtracks or just things that, that you can listen to right at the end of the day just to wind down, to kind of help let thoughts go. And as you say, kind of breathe to kind of bring calm and ease to your body and mind as you prepare to to sleep. Fabulous. Thank you. So we are with our second S, stress reduction. Goodness, uh, something we seem to need increasingly. It creeps up on you. (laughs) It it does. I feel it in my shoulders. (laughs) Yes. Now, Claire, that's wonderful. Where do you feel it? It's not what you think about. It's where do you feel it? It's like, oh, here I am, all hunched up or in constricted, you know, constricted mode of, you know, curling up sort of fetal light. I'm so stressed. I just want to go into the covers and we move back to sort of the baby position. It's how can we open back up to that expanded position of, of being at one with the world and at one with with who we are, who we truly are. And what are those what are those um, images or thoughts or feelings that are coming in that's causing us stress? And and this is where I I love, you know, we talk about safe spaces, but Claire, you, you expand on that by talking about brave spaces. Yes, yes, and, indeed. And, and how, how, can we, how can we reduce our own stress when often, and I was in this position with my burn, I had no idea that I was even stressed because I was coping, coping, coping. And to have that um, ability to have um, family, friends, colleagues, that we can create this this spaciousness of being deeply listened to and heard and being being heart opened, knowing that what happens in the room stays in the room. Um, And this is the compassionate community um, uh, model that I'm so passionate about, that when we find one other person, two other people, a few other people that we can really be truly who we are and and share what's in our hearts we can express it and we can let go of it because often we don't actually know what's wrong except we're tired and we're overworked and <laughs> underpaid you know all the, the big is but what is it what really is it that's that's causing the stress yeah and that discernment process uh, often just takes time and space and and as we tune in to ourselves and really learn to listen to ourselves, uh, then I think we become more and more aware. And it is that awareness, isn't it? Our increasing awareness and tuning in to, to reading ourselves uh, and understanding uh, the things that, uh, the way we respond um, and being curious about that. And then being courageous to take steps before um, it takes us into a place of um, requiring some more intervention. Um, yeah, it's uh, I've 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 posted within this a, a couple of articles I wrote a few years ago about you know healing and cure and the art of living and the science of health, which which may be useful um, to to really start 
to acknowledge the journey of self-responsibility, um, be the active participant in our own our own journey through life, and and it's okay to to say I, I can't I can't manage. I'm I'm needing help and support to be able to reach out. Queen's Nursing is exemplifying this 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 model of you know we're here to help. Um, it's not nurturing a, a, a culture that is non-nourishing. It's saying we are as um, as com- compassionate beings here to help each other. What can I do to help you if you know if you are, are needing? Yes, and yet we find that easier. So so often for those of us who who are in caring professions, you know, we're hardwired to support others. And actually asking for help ourselves is incredibly hard. And when people offer help, we find it really hard to accept because we are the ones who've been used to being in the in the helping role. And I think uh, when we tune in uh, to really understand ourselves and recognize what's going on for us, then, as you say, having the courage when we recognize that our own resources are becoming truly depleted, uh, that we ask for help. I wonder if I could share something. So when I, when I started my nursing, it was a Florence Nightingale quote that that so inspired me. And I've, 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 because I know Florence Nightingale and Queen Victoria started the Queen's Nursing, I thought I'd be a little cheeky and um, alter it just a little, add to it. And and the quote from Florence Nightingale was, um, the role of the nurse is to put the patient in the best possible condition so that nature can act and healing occur. And so many parts of that, that quote, you know, resonated, you know, for us to, to have nature and healing by the, the nurse putting that the person in that position. And I've cheekily altered it to the role of the nurse is to put yourself in the best possible position so that nature can act and healing occur. Because we can't care for somebody else as well as we could do unless we care for ourselves first. And we, we know this. So, yeah. so that's really beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> the quote just play play with that you know yes cheeky and fun and um playful thank you and sue just as we kind of draw things to a close i wonder if you'd just remind us again of that lovely um while we're just kind of bringing uh, thinking about stress reduction the the lovely acronym from deepak chopra i wonder if you just uh, just repeat that um just so everyone has that because it's just so helpful. Mm, it's soda, S-O-D-A. So when you feel the impulse to react because somebody has said something and you felt something or thought something that is triggering the fight flight, is S stop. O observe how you feel. D detach. And that is either take a step back take a breath, but just have that pause. So detach, and A is action, conscious action. How do you want to respond to this? Now, if it's somebody said something, it could be you laugh, (laughs) or you could simply walk away, or you could say with kindness, 
could you explain that a bit further? Because that's making me feel however it's making me feel. It's revolutionary in terms of um, communication because you become empowered and you're in the driving seat. That's just so helpful. And I think so many of our interactions can be incredibly stressful. Working within a system where the resource is scarce, there aren't enough staff, you know, anxiety levels are are high and it's so easy to to react rather than to respond with kindness. And I, I love the fact that soda just gives us that little bit of space to stop and breathe and step back. You know, perhaps recognising that the person who uh, who we're dealing with is also under immense pressure and their intention is perhaps not to to be aggravating <laughs> even if they've come across like that and to respond with kindness and with curiosity. Is there anything else that you'd like to add, Sue, as we kind of draw our conversation to a close? Your kind of top tips for for community nurses in terms of staying well, maintaining energy, the kind of that personal flourishing. Are there any final words that you'd like to, to add as we close? I'm in awe of the Queen's Nurses. And to be part of the organisation, knowing that it's a caring organisation and doing its best, I would say use, the, use all the resources that, that you are um, that you are sharing here, Claire, you know, with myself and, and with others to really, really consider that the time really is now to really take that full intention and focus on, on yourself, to focus on, on energy. <laughs> it's not something we talk about within medicine. It's, uh, you know, it's within the, the Eastern traditions, not so much the Western. So, you know, just just keep noticing where your energy levels are and go, ah, I know, I know there's all these resources I can use. Um, and then we simply have to do it. So we have to carve out a little bit of time for ourselves. And, and it's amazing how much more time we get by carving out a bit of time for for some, some beautiful practices again and again. We have to keep, that's why it's called a practice. We have to keep doing it uh, little bits and often, and, and it builds. Absolutely. I think that's so wise. It's a journey. And day at a time, we can take small steps to improve our health. Thank you, Sue, for being our guest, for your insight and experience and your wisdom. It's just been wonderful to have you here. I know that those listening will have been inspired, just as I am, to find new ways to take our own health seriously. And as this episode draws to a close, let's listen to Queen's nurses Suzanne Turner and Carol Cartwright as they share some of the ways that they use to support their self-care. Hi there, my name is Suzanne Turner. I am very fortunate enough to live in a green space on the edge of woodland, but I also have access to blue spaces in terms of locks and the sea. When my day is really busy, I always schedule in time to take a walk amongst the trees. My aim is to be mindful and present and not to let my mind race. I love listening to the birds sing in the sunshine and the trees rustling in the wind. I love the sound of the rain on the leaves. I always return home with my mind cleared. Another very important activity for me is swimming in the sea. 
I have done so for approximately three years and I swim all year round. The benefits of cold water swimming are very well documented, but on a personal level, I love swimming at sunrise with the sound of the seabirds above. I love meeting my friends and swimming as a group. There is always so much laughter. Swimming in the sea releases endorphins and I always feel euphoric afterwards, which generally lasts throughout the day and lifts my mood. Finally, I always try to wind down before sleep with low lights and I listen to a guided meditation. The benefits of implementing well-being practices to my daily routine have helped me enormously. They've introduced a space, a pause in an otherwise busy day. It has also taught me about the importance of looking after myself in order to look after others. My name is Carol Cartwright. I'm a Queen's nurse working within Child and Adolescent Mental Health Services with a focus on neurodevelopmental disorders. My Queen's nurse journey has introduced me to a level of self-care and compassion that I had never experienced before. I fell in love with the Capacitar Tai Chi, which we explored and find that it's a fantastic way to start my day. It grounds me, gives me a sense of calm and well-being and helps me try and focus on order in a busy, hectic day, which is often as nurses non-stop. I also grasp the bold, brave and bonkers Queen's Nurse motto and explored wild water dipping, which as someone with a fear of water was indeed a challenge. I cannot describe the sense of calm and renewal that I would come to know as I walk into the cold lapping water, feeling the wind on my skin and tasting the salt in the air and the warm hug that I experience as my body temperature adjusts and envelops me is indeed something to behold. The sense of stillness and peace that comes from this is truly indescribable and I would urge you to give it a go. I'd like to thank all of you listening for joining us. Uh, We hope that you found this podcast useful and that you'll join us again. Remember to breathe and smile.